I feel like we should just watch that again, over and over. Who wishes they were a teenager after watching that? Well, look, I have, I have really good news for you. You don't have to be a teenager to get to do that stuff. You can actually volunteer as an adult in student revival in the student ministry, and you get to be part of that stuff. So just bookmark that in your head, okay? Um, hey, my name is Wilson. For those of you I haven't had the privilege to meet, welcome. So glad that you're here this morning. Who's here to see a loved one or a family member, somebody get baptized? Come on, awesome. Welcome, you guys. So glad you're here. Way to go. Way to celebrate with that person. Did you hear that, what, the, what happened at the end of the video? The girl was talking about how she had came to the um, outpouring with scoliosis and pain in her back. And she got prayer, was it the first or second night? First night. And then that was a testimony being recorded two days later. And she said she hadn't had pain in her back since that moment. That's pretty sweet. Who in the room right now came in today with pain in your back? Will you just um, stand up, please? If you came in today with any pain in your back at all, please stand up. All right, now what I want you to do is test it. Bend, move, see, and I think a lot of you guys are just gonna find out the back pain's gone and you're healed. Test it, move around, tell me. See, see what's going now. Does anybody feel any change? St please keep standing, but if you feel any change, just wave at me. If already you feel like it's better, don't be nice, but if you feel a change, come on, really? Awesome. Anybody else? Just really? All right. If it feels like another, if it feels like 80% better, just wave both your hands over your head. More than 80%, more than 80%. Come on, more than 80% over here. Someone down there, raise their hand. We're going to pray for the people that don't, haven't had any breakthrough or haven't felt gotten healed yet. But what just happened was the power of testimony. Sorry to make you keep standing. If you can't stand, you can sit down. We're going to pray for you anyway. Um, that's the power of testimony. One of these mics on, maybe? The power of testimony. In Revelation 19.10, it says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What's that mean? It means that the essence of a testimony releases that very thing to happen to others who are present and hear it being spoken. Does that make sense? So it's not saying that the testimony of Jesus is the literal spirit of prophecy. It's saying when you, when you share about something that God has done, God healing someone, that's a testimony. What you're doing is you're actually prophesying and you're releasing that same thing to happen to other people. Now, we might ask the question, why? And here's the answer why and how that works. God. <laughs> that is just what God is like. He is eager to heal people. So, okay, let's pray for the people that are still standing. Extend your hands towards the people still standing. Let's pray for them really quick. Jesus, thank you for healing power. Thank you for your love. Thank you for that young girl that was healed of scoliosis and just set free from a crippling back condition. Thank you that that was put on the cross and that you really love humans. You love our bodies and you want our bodies healed. So right now in Jesus' name, I just release the fire of God into your back if you're standing and I command it to be healed by the authority of Christ. In Jesus' name, back pain leave right now for the glory of our King Jesus. Amen. Now, test it out. Do something that you couldn't have done before if you're comfortable with that. Bend or twist or something. Now, be really honest again. 
You're taking a huge risk just by standing, and I really appreciate that. That's radical of you. Will you wave your hands above your head if it's 80% better? Nah. Cool. So you didn't wave your hands before. Anyone else? Come on. Derek, awesome. Alexander, sweet. Well, people that didn't get break, you, you can all sit down. People that didn't sit or get healed or some healing there, we just bless you. We just believe God will keep working during the message and that he's not limited by me praying or you staying or any of that. So we just really and pray and ask you, God, that these backs will be totally healed by the time they walk out today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. So today I'm giving a message called Relating Spoken Words to Faith. And before I go any further, I want to give credit where credit is due. I'm actually preaching a message out of a chapter of a guy's book named Randy Clark. Randy Clark's going to be speaking here this Friday night and Saturday night at our Kingdom Pursuit Conference. And so I just took a chapter out of his book and I made a message out of it and sprinkled a little Wilson on it. Um, so you should get that book. It's really good. And... That's where I'm getting a lot of this content, a lot of my insights. So it would be laborious if I constantly was like, oh, then Randy Clark said this, oh, then Randy Clark said that, and then Randy Clark here and there. So just this is it for the beginning, okay? This message, I got so much of it from Randy Clark. But first, before I dive into that, doesn't that sound good? Who's excited to hear about the relationship between speaking and faith and power? Who's excited to hear about that? Come on. All right. It's like, yes. Um... But first, I want to take us down a really quick rabbit trail that is just so exciting. When I say the Fresh campaign, raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. All right, so for people who didn't raise your hand, I want to fill you in really quick. We did a giving campaign where we raised money, basically a big fundraiser at the beginning of the year. And we raised $236,000. Money is still coming in. And this money um, paid for this stage being made, the new cameras, this awesome new paint, this sweet hot tub uh, baptismal. By the way, look at the reflections. Isn't that cool? It's like, I love that for some reason. Um, and at the beginning, as we started to raise this money, we committed that 10% of it, we were going to give away back into our community to fight heroin and opiate-related addictions. So um, this week, we had the super awesome privilege. We were actually asked to do this. It was slightly embarrassing, but to come to the Corian Township Board of Trustees meeting and give them the check. So let's show them the picture of that. Of us handing the, so here's my dad, Van. He's giving a little address, just sharing with him about our church and who you guys are, because this was us doing something. Look, we couldn't all fit in that room, but you guys are all in that room because of your participation in this. Let's go to the next picture. Beautiful. All right, next picture. Oh, wow, look at that. What a pose. That looks so fake, doesn't it? Next picture. All right, there we are, giving a check for $23,600 to Corian Township. Come on. The, the, one of the trustees asked if we could just make this kind of like a yearly thing, and we were like, sure, yes, for sure. Um, notice my daughter scowling. We prayed for her after this. Um, 
so that guy on the that guy on my uh, left is Will Mueller. He's the assistant fire chief of Corian Township, and he had this brilliant idea. Him and another guy named Dan Malloy, the former chief, uh, chief of police. What if whenever whenever someone has a an overdose, we follow up with them within 48 hours. We actually take a team with an addiction specialist, a, a paramedic, and a police officer, and we go visit them, and we just, we, let's just see what happens if we start doing that. Literally, that's, that's where this started. Um, that was in 2013. Since then, we've seen, at, at one point, an 80% reduction in repeat overdoses in Coring Township. <laughs> So this thing has literally gone nationwide. Started here in Coleraine. People are coming to Coleraine to study it. He uh, presented this on Capitol Hill in Congress early of last year. Um, it's gone to eight different states, 50 plus counties. He's speaking all over the place. And um, where, he said wherever he goes now, he's gonna talk about the church that participated and got involved in their community to help with the program. So you guys, we are doing that together, okay? That's us. That's a cooperative effort. Pat yourself on the back. Give yourself a good pat on the back. Job well done, okay? Um, last thing I'll say, it was great. I can't remember. Um, those are the trustees behind him. Uh, Dan Unger, Raj Ragapul, and Greg Insko. Great guys who are really advocating for our community and transformation. And here's the last thing I'm gonna say really quick before we go to the message. Um, so many of the people who call Vienna Northwest home actually live in Coleraine, and that's really sweet. But the people who don't, it's cool because we feel as a church to have a citywide impact. And the way that we know we're supposed to have a citywide impact is because there's a ton of people in this room who don't live in Coleraine. And we're not trying to equip you to come to Coleraine and change Coleraine. We're trying to equip you to go change Mason, to go change Clifton, to go change Covington, to go change Western Hills, to go change it all, you know? But we really think, man, it would be really lame if we weren't putting our money where our mouth is in our own community, in our own township. So we really see that, man, we gotta invest in Coleraine and that can be a model and that can be a thing where we just start shooting that all over the city and then all over the state. We got plans for world domination with Jesus, all right? Um, <laughs> So thank you guys all for giving selflessly and sacrificially to see just the kingdom really be advancing in a tangible way. That last thing, I know I said that already, that money is gonna go to um, follow-up reintegration programs for people who are struggling with addiction or, or people who are in recovery so that they can renew their mind, get some good habits down and get around a new group of people. They're gonna help them actually walk out and live a life of um, recovery and, and connection to Jesus and all that. So I'm not ex I, it's not actually a religious organization, but we're gonna get them, all right? That's why we do power evangelism. Speak. Speaking of power evangelism, seamless transition into my message. A couple of weeks ago, a guy was delivering this wood to the church so that we could build this stage. 
And I saw him pull in the parking lot with this huge stack of wood. And I'm just like, he has no idea where to go with that. It's going to end up in the middle of the parking lot if I don't go out there. And before I can even get out there, he is out there like getting ready to jack it all off and jack it up and unload it and just put it in the middle of the parking lot. And I'm like, no, 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 stop. This is where it goes. And he's like, well, where does it go? And I was like, I don't know, but like, let's just pause. Let me figure it out and I'll let you know. So I go in, find out the, the guy coordinating the project, uh, Dave Lampert, one of our trustees, who's in that picture. And you guys, let's just, Dave's not in the room right now, but just give it up for Dave Lampert really quick, okay? <laughs> Dave is an unpaid staff member, okay? And he puts in as much work as almost any of the staff, helping us with our budget, helping us with the finances. So like, if you see Dave Lampert, who's just hard to miss, about 6'4", 300 or something like that, just be like, we love you, we're thankful for you. So anyways, I tell the wood guy, wait till Dave gets here. He'll tell you what to do. And he's like, okay. And I can tell he's kind of mad because it's the end of his work day. It's like 4.30. He's just wanting to offload this wood, you know, like he's not waiting for somebody to tell him what to do with it, especially not some dude in skinny jeans. <laughs> and so I'm just like, I'm walking away and it's, you know, he wasn't, it, it wasn't like a positive Conversation. Okay, let's just put it that way. It wasn't like either of us cussed each other out, but it was just slightly tense, you know? And as I'm walking away from him, I just feel pressure across my forehead. And I've started to learn, and I've learned that sometimes God will speak to us through pain that's, that we didn't have before, but that he gives us for a moment so that we can know about pain going on in someone's body around us. It's called a word of knowledge is when God speaks to you about something that's happening on, not with you, but around you, so that you can um, know how to pray and how to minister. Words of knowledge, they bring context for what God wants to do next. Does that make sense? And they, they build faith. And so I'm like, really, Lord, you're gonna have me pray for the dude that I'm in a fight with, kind of, low-key? And he's like, yes. So I'm like, I go back to him, I'm like, hey, man, this is going to sound crazy. And as I was walking to him, just all these other thoughts started popping into my head, which I've learned is God, you know? Who's had a hunch before? And then it turned out it was right. Guess what? That was a word of knowledge, okay? Taking school kingdom ministry, taking the prophetic classes isn't what gets you the ability to get prophetic words and words of knowledge. Being born again and having the Holy Spirit inside of you is how you get words of knowledge. The classes we teach are helping you... Um, steward that. It's a pretty big deal that we get to hear God's voice. How about we steward it <laughs> and, and potentially transform people's lives in our city through stewarding it. So anyways, I'm like, hey, do you have, do you get migraines? I just feel like you get migraines and you have even a migraine right now. And he's like, what? And I said, do you have a headache? Like, I feel like you have a headache right now and that you kind of deal with them. And, and he's just like, yeah, how did you know that? And I was like, well, I didn't know that. I don't know you, but God knows you, okay? And I felt like God put that on my heart. And so I just wanted to see if it was true. And now I want to pray for you. And he's like, wait, what? What is going on? And I was like, just let me pray for you. In Jesus' name, I command the pain to leave. And here's a trick, you guys, with evangelism. Don't always ask permission to pray. Just start praying, all right? Like... People don't know what this, the heck is going on to begin with. So you can just kind of start speaking. And as long as you're being like kind and honoring and your breath is decent, it's gonna go okay. <laughs> like, 
like, being like, can I now pray for you? Sometimes that just confuses them. They're like, well, do we have to kneel? Or like, how long is this going to take? So I just started praying. And I said, okay, how's it feel now? Check, like, take account of how it feels. And I was like, don't be nice to me. Be honest, but how does it feel? And he just bends, like, puts his head down like this. He's like, honestly, it feels a little better. I was like, okay, put a number on it. If it was a 10 before, zero is no pain. What's it like now? He's like, a lot of you guys know this drill, but he goes, yeah, it's like a seven now. I was like, sweet, that's, that's all we need. God's moving. Pray again, and the pain totally leaves. His headache totally leaves that instant. Like, all of a sudden, his pain is gone. And I'm just like, what do you think just happened? And he's like, I don't know. You like prayed or something, and now it doesn't hurt. And I was like, yes, I prayed or something to Jesus, okay? Like, I don't know you. I don't know you. I can't make this happen, but Jesus knows you. He loves you. He wants what's best for you. This is him knocking on the door of your heart saying, let me in. I'm here. I love you. And I was like, so tell me now, what do you think happened? And he's like, well, I know I believe that like something's out there. And I was just like, yes, Jesus is out there. And he's like, dude, I love you. So I just encouraged him. It was really positive. And I, I just walked away. I said, Dave will be right here to show you what to do next with the wood. Now, I just want to propose to you that it was key that I actually spoke out what I felt like God was going to do. It was key that I spoke out loud the words, do you have a headache? I think God is going to heal you. And I, we can't go back and see what would have happened if I hadn't. But here's what I want to tell you. Our words matter. Our words can cause faith. Our words bring life. And unfortunately, our words can also bring death if we use them carelessly. But I just said, dude, do you have pain in your head? And you know what happened in that moment? He felt confused. And you know what um, unbelievers are feeling when they feel confused? Faith. That's what's going on. Faith is dropping on him. The presence of God is dropping on him. He doesn't know what it is, and that's faith. He's not used to it. He doesn't know what faith is. But what dropped on him was faith. And then I pray, and the pain goes down. Pray again, and the pain's totally gone. Why? To show him that Jesus loves him and that Jesus wants a relationship with him. To show him that Jesus cares about his body, cares about his practical needs, and that he desires to be reunited in relationship with him. But I just want to tell you again, the words I spoke mattered. The words we speak matter. They release faith. And this is what Randy's whole chapter is about. It's about the expectation and the faith that is created when we speak out loud. In 2 Corinthians 4.13, here's what it says. I believe, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. This is the power of our speech. It's not talking about conjuring something up. It's not talking about pure mental agreement, although mental agreement is good and critical. It's talking about when you feel inspiration from God, when you believe something, speak it out. Speak it out and more and something will happen. It's not enough to just think or believe. We have to speak it out. It's not enough just to think it or believe it. We have to speak it out. So here's what I want us to take away today. I'm already saying it, but I want to 
a connection to be made for all of us as a church between declaring our faith and seeing power released. This is key for us to step into another level of God's power being manifested through our prayers is that we would understand there is a direct link between when we speak in faith and power being released. Now, really quick pause button and aside. Some people in the room, I know what you're thinking. Word of faith, name it and claim it. That's not how it works, Wilson. Da, 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 blah, 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 blah. Guess what? Jesus said, speak to this mountain, tell it to go into the sea, and it'll do it. So there is power in our words, okay? Any movement, any theology, any pastor doesn't always get it right. Some get it more wrong than others, but that doesn't mean that they didn't have things right. Like you guys ever heard of a guy named King David who was a man after God's own heart, but also murdered someone and potentially raped someone. And then God says, you can stay king. So like we gotta really seriously loose our judgment upon pastors and and leaders who um, have moral failures and who fall. I'm not saying that we don't... um, Look for the true fruit of repentance in their life. And I'm not saying that you trust them again, but I'm just saying you see that, hey, God is not gonna define them by their mistakes. Is their mistake greater than the cross of Jesus? Is their mistake more powerful than the blood of Jesus? Dude, there's just a movement, I think, coming of restoring people who have done things that are unforgivable. You know that that is the tip of the spear with the gospel message. The Apostle Paul, murdering and breathing threats. And who does God call to write most of the the New Testament? That guy. Would we let him speak in our churches today? Would we believe that he had repented? Would we believe that, would we invite him? Hey, Paul, here's your guest invite to come speak. I mean, I I hope. (laughs) Let's be real. If Benny Hinn called us and said, hey, I want to come speak. What do you think we should say? Come on. Just put your hand on your heart right now. God wants to just bring healing to people who've been wounded by ministers and wounded by pastors and and wounded by me even. Yeah, Lord, the gospel is so powerful. The fact that Jesus died for every single sin and that he came out of the grave without any of them is so powerful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, God, for the extravagant power of Jesus' death and resurrection. And so right now in Jesus' name, I just pray grace on every heart in the room to forgive people they need to forgive. Whether it's a a mother, some of you guys need to forgive your mom, some of you guys need to forgive a a loved one, a boyfriend or girlfriend. Some of you guys need to forgive pastors and televangelists and prosperity gospel and Kenneth Copeland and whoever else. Some of you guys need to forgive them right now because there's things God wants to do in your life through a whole spectrum of people. So right now, if this is for you, just say this out and say, Jesus, what do you think of the person I'm mad at? Now just listen, just rest, just see what he says. What I'm doing is just leading you through a prayer to God, okay? This might be strange to you or new to you, but it's okay. All right, now Jesus, what he just told you is that he really loves them and that he forgave them. If you heard something different, that wasn't God. So now I want you to just say this out loud because check it out, forgiveness is a choice and the emotions follow afterwards as we walk it out faithfully. Again, forgiveness doesn't mean fully trusting an abuser or fully trusting someone that's hurt us, but it does mean we fully extend the gospel to them. 
We don't hold any of the gospel message back from them. So just say this out loud if you can and you want to. I'm not trying to twist anyone's arm, but just say, and we're just gonna yell it. We're just gonna yell, I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive. Just yell it out. That's gonna be a release for some of you. Just say, I forgive. I forgive. All right. A yelling in church is always good. All right. Remove your hands from thou heart and payeth attention to me now for 10 more minutes. 2 Corinthians 1, 18 through 20. This is the Apostle Paul again. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. What's Paul talking about? Doesn't Paul just do this where he's like, therefore now you shall understand the thing that I just said and I will say it again two different ways and now you will understand it again. Like, is that what happens to anyone else when they read that? Here's what he's talking about. He's saying, what we preach, what we talk about is Jesus. That's the sermon I preach. That's the message that I want to convey is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I'm never going to change the channel from Jesus Christ. And then he says, was, were we being fickle when we said we were going to come and see you? No. Jesus is yes, not yes and no. And then here's the connection point. For no matter how many promises, everyone say promises. God has made, they are yes in Christ. Here's what this is talking about. Promises is speaking of all scripture that's, that's been written before that. All of the promises that were talked about in scripture. He's saying they find their yes in Jesus. Any promise God has made in scripture, you can say, okay, that's for me because Jesus, or because the father is now making that promise to Jesus. That's what Paul's saying. It's completed in Jesus. So now we can say, I'm in Jesus. That promises to me. Are you following me? These promises, they were to a, like, here's an example. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Who's ever heard, well, that doesn't apply to us. That was, you got to exegete that and blah, blah, blah. And yes, you do to understand the historical context. But what Paul is saying here is that promise that God made to the Israelites while they were in captivity, because Jesus died and is in, a, is in a covenant with me, that promise is now completed in Jesus. That promise I made is completed and fulfilled in Jesus. So if you're in Jesus, you're in the promise. Amen. If you're in Jesus, you're in the promise. You see that the covenant between God and Jesus, the Father and Jesus is perfect. You know that God hasn't made a covenant with you. He made a covenant with his son. And then when you accept Jesus, you get baptized into his son. You go under the old you that was out of covenant with God, goes under the water and you come out. And this is all symbolic, but it's powerful. You come out and you are now, you are, it's, we're saying you are in Jesus. The old you died that was out of covenant with God and you came out in covenant with God because you're in Jesus. Amen. You get it? Yeah. So when God looks at us, who does he see? Jesus, when the father looks at you, he doesn't see your dysfunction and your brokenness. He sees his son because your function, your, your function and your brokenness doesn't define you anymore. 
He puts the Holy Spirit in us though to help us grow and to conform to his image, to be renewed so that that dysfunction and that brokenness gets pushed out. So the Holy Spirit's there so that we don't, it's not like this is a all hand, just go wild, do whatever you want thing. It's that the Holy Spirit is, is in here and he's conforming us and making us look like God, making us um, act like Jesus. These are the words of the Bible. In Hebrews, it says, I will remember your sins no more. You can't tell me that's an analogy, okay? All you can tell me is the fact that God grows us past our sin and remembers them no more is a mystery, okay? It's, it's, that's, this is how it works. He sees his son when he sees us and the parts of us that don't look like his son, the Holy Spirit takes care of when we put ourselves in community with other people and through the Holy Spirit's conviction and through submission to the people around us. You gotta have people in your life to tell you you suck sometimes. And, the, and then they'll go, it's not really you that suck because you're in Jesus. It's this old way of thinking that sucks. And I wanna help you get past it. So why do you think this way? Why, what do we need to pray about? What needs to be, get more of the gospel? Where do you need to forgive the Lord? You know, whatever. But the point is this, we are in Christ, okay? We are in Christ. That is how the promises of God are yes to us because we are in Christ. Now, I'm gonna just try and get two more things out. Look, I, I know that the, the, the message that God doesn't see our sin is a little bit confusing, but it's what the Bible says, and so that's what I'm gonna stand behind too, okay? It doesn't mean that he doesn't wanna grow us past our mistakes. How that works, right? We need that emoji where the head is being blown off right now because that's just, that's just how he's doing it. Um, okay, the end of this verse, here's what it says. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. By us, meaning the church. What it's saying is when we hear a promise, we actually, even if the promise isn't for us, we have a responsibility if we, and it's to say amen with a true open heart and with, with belief in our heart. And what happens is faith rises, when we say amen to hearing that God wants to do something, to hear about a promise of God, which counts as prophetic words and words of knowledge, those are the promises also. When we say amen to that, it brings God glory and it releases faith into the atmosphere. It releases something to shift and happen. Who remembers um, when Dan Smoker, our facilities director, fell off that small mountain in, uh, in Colorado? So our facilities director, He's like 70, but he's just such a BA dude. He was uh, climbing with his grandson, fell from about those lights to the ground on a rock face, broke his back, pretty much died um, as they were trying to resuscitate him. They prayed, commanded the spirit of death to leave. He came back to life, does, walked through a whole program. And now, Dan, will you just stand up in the back? Look at that. Part of why Dan is just standing up freely like that after being someone who broke their back and fell off a mountain is what we did as a body. Do you guys remember when we all stood and extended our hands west where he was in Colorado and we said, we speak life over Dan, not death, we speak life. Do you guys remember that? Who remembers that? 
You guys were saying amen, giving God glory, and that's part of the breakthrough that happened in Dan's life. We got, we got to play a role in it. Now, let's be real. There was an amazing woman in this church named Pam Otten who we did the same thing and the same result didn't happen, but she actually passed. Here's what I wanna say. When that happens, we have to acknowledge the reality of warfare and we have to acknowledge the grief that people are going through in that moment. And we hug them, we grieve with them, we do not offer them answers, but we say, but don't forget what God did for Dan. Don't forget what God did for Dan because that's what shows us what he's like and that's how you keep hope in your heart. That's how you walk forward with victory in life is when you remember what God has done. The devil wants us to get hung up on what, where he doesn't show up, where, where um, God doesn't show up. And guess what, BTW, Pam is in heaven. Like, not really, you know, a downgrade, okay? But this is what I'm telling you. We, um, when we forget the testimonies of God, in the midst of our pain, it does not take us somewhere good. We ha this is one of the purposes of testimony is that even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we didn't see it, he's working. I know that he's true. I'm gonna hold on to this testimony. I don't have good answers. Don't look for answers. Look for relationship with Jesus when your prayers don't get answered. That's the only answer is more of Jesus. So look, this, is, this inspires confidence and rest in us and God's goodness. And here's the last thing I'm gonna do. I wanna show a short video before we do baptisms. Um, but my takeaway for you guys is there's a connection between the words we speak and faith. The words we speak and the testimonies we speak and God's power being released. There's a connection that we need to um, mine out and we need to try and decipher and we need to try and grab hold of for the sake of our community. For the sake of the person next to you, we have to grab hold of that stuff and say amen to the glory of God. Um, I wanna show you this video, okay? It's a video, some testimonies of people being healed of tumors and kidney stones. And as I show you this, I just want you to really quick note to yourself, do you have one of those conditions? Do you have a tumor? Do you have a growth? Do you have kidney stones, gallstones? And let's see if this testimony actually prophesies healing to you right now and see if breakthrough happens in your life as you watch this video. So let's watch this video, then we're gonna worship. She had the lump twice the size of an olive on the uh, uh, back of her neck, and she stood up, she felt, você sentiu calor ou eletricidade? Eletricidade. Felt electricity over her body, the lump is completely gone, see here, John, there's no sign of any lump, it's gone, and she's completely healed, no pain. Hallelujah. Glória a Deus, Deus abençoe. She had these huge kidney stones. She had this huge kidney stone. She was in terrible pain during the service. And she said, Randy was saying, believe in miracles, believe in miracles. She felt she needed to go to the bathroom. She went to the restroom and she said she didn't even have time to, to go to the toilet. The stones just went through and she passed all the kidney stones. They're, they're wow. <laughs> Big. Huge ones. Mostra de novo pra gente. Impossible to pass natural. Impossible passar naturalmente. Glória a Deus, igreja. Deus abençoe. All right, so you guys want to stand up, or if, if you want to stand, you don't have to, but we just believe in a God who does the impossible. 
We believe in a miracle working God. So right now, if you have one of those conditions, just put your hand wherever it is. And I just wanna pray really quick. And then we're gonna check in with you um, after baptism and see if there's been any change. So just put your hand there if you have a tumor or growth or you want the kidney stones to be dissolved. Right now, in Jesus' name, everyone just, can God do this? Yes. Right? He can. Let's just say amen to what God wants to do right now. We agree, Lord, you can do this. So in Jesus' name, tumors dissolved. First service, someone with a, a thyroid condition, the, it, does, it, does, it went way down, like 80% smaller. The, it shrunk the, the growth in her neck. So right now in Jesus' name, I just released that same thing to happen in this room, that tumors would dissolve and disappear and that kidney stones would just be gone in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now we're gonna worship.